The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com for your chance to win $17,760 in upgrades for your truck. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. My co-host is Bruce Aldridge. And we just got back a few days ago from, oh my gosh, a, a sensory overload of a trip to the Consumer Electronics Show. We're going to talk about a lot of that um, and what our first experience was like down there. And we drove to that show, the CES show in Las Vegas from Sacramento. So we drove, I'm guessing, about 12 or 1,300 miles in a 2018 Infiniti Q50 sedan. We'll get back to that later in the podcast. But Bruce, um, I'm still thinking about our three days in Las Vegas and some of the surrounding cities of Las Vegas and our our debut at the Consumer Electronics Show. Your initial thoughts on, on what we saw and what the trip was about, and to me it was, it was almost overwhelming. Yeah, it was a, it was a big, uh, it was a big deal down there, that's for sure. But I'm, I'm just thinking my uh, rear end's still tired from that 10 hour drive. <laughs> yes. Even though that, it was a Q50, I mean, it's a marvelous car, but that's a long drive. It's a long drive. The uh, virtual reality was a big hit down there at CES. Uh, artificial intelligence. Um, and of course, autonomous cars, that's the big thing. Everybody, every big um, manufacturer, Bosch, Ford, GM, everybody, it's all about autonomous cars, which they're supposed to roll out. The, the target date supposedly is the end of this decade. Right. To set the scene, you know, we were in Las Vegas, which of course, when you go to Las Vegas without big shows there, it's glitz and, and it's, it's, every, it's ostentatious and it's all of that. Plus, we went the the show was in five different buildings and so we when we drove down there the first day we we drove, found the parking lot we could see the first place we wanted to go to but they had had their first rain in like i don't know 100 days or something and so to go from where we were parked to the actual las vegas convention center took what 45 minutes or an hour to so go a mile and a half to go right. a mile and a half the so, uh, streets were flooded it was uh it was something it was something down there and then, and then the next day of course they had a power outage so it was ironic that you had a power outage at a, an electronic show so we did fine and, and we were we were good but just to, to make this show for the first time, and I've been hearing about it for more than 10 years, and the first time we go, there's flooding and there's a power outage. We got there fine, but just keeping in mind that it was in five different locations. The biggest show I've been to is, you know, the LA Auto Show in terms of, uh, you know, that kind of trade show thing, and the next biggest one was Outdoor Retailer, but this made both of those look like you're going to a family picnic on the weekend somewhere. It was just so much, how they got all that stuff there was amazing to me how they set it all up and so many people i mean it was pushing and shoving yeah. it, it wasn't a real fun experience no it was it wasn't a lot of fun they they didn't set they had one kind of half media day and then it was open to the public and by the way just to reiterate if you if you got there if you bought a ticket before december 1st it was 100 bucks if you bought its ticket after december 1st it was 300 dollars. so i don't know how many people actually paid for tickets but I couldn't. I could possibly imagine paying a hundred, but 
I could never imagine paying $300 just to be in a sardine can or five sardine cans for three days, bumper no. to bumper, body to body with all these different people. And I think um, we both agreed that it was, it was really good to see and see all the the people who are entrepreneurial and have all these ideas, but probably it's a one-time show for for both of us. Sure. Uh, this was a thing for the manufacturers to showcase their uh, expertise. Uh, yeah, showcase their expertise. Or I was also thinking that we went into some of the pavilions where there were very small companies, and maybe those people were hoping up, hoping that a bigger company would, you know, a big fish would small, swallow a small fish, and, and they would get bought out because some of the ideas just didn't seem... Um, like there was a company that had a little thing you could put on your steering wheel to uh, help you not do other things while you're driving. You could push a button, and, and we thought, oh, that was okay, but it was only for older cars, right? New cars, you don't have to even worry about that kind of stuff. So there were some things that just didn't quite add up um, that make a lot of sense for um, for a lot of people. Maybe Maybe many of the companies had a little niche audience that they could count on, but it just seemed like they were... I think I read something like 1,700 vendors. There's a lot of little niches trying to be filled, and I think most of them probably not marketable. Well, they, they just would not be a success. No. So in, in the areas that you have more expertise than I do, what did you see in terms of what, what gave you the idea or uh, what, what encouraged you or discouraged you that autonomous driving will happen in, t in 2020? Were there some, was there a company that ve vehicles or product that you saw that said, yeah, that might work? Well, they're all working on, they're trying to overcome s several hurdles. One of them is the, what they call data, data acquisition. Mm -hmm. And the current phone system, the 4G light, just doesn't have enough capacity. So the uh, cellular companies are rolling out 5G here uh, real soon, I think this summer, in a few uh, select markets. But eventually, everything has to be 5G or faster to get these autonomous cars to talk to each other and also to gobble down the data that they need for their uh, driving systems. Yeah, toward the end of our stay, uh, I think the last day we were there, we went to one uh, vendor and it was a young fellow who, who knew his words pretty well and he was talking about how they're coordinating it with cities um, and they had, maybe they were going to go into. He, had, he showed the different... Uh, current systems on some cities but how they this company he thought that this company could come his company could come in and 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 change that all around and make agreements with companies was that that guy remember that guy yeah they're, the they're trying to do citywide uh wi-fi systems to hold the capacity for this to be faster or as fast as the new 5g when it comes out so in the cities it'll be cheaper to do wi-fi apparently but once you get out in the open road, it'll be 5G that handles all the uh, capacity for the autonomous vehicles. Right. You know, also at CES, just to divert for a second, we saw other electronic areas away from the car industry. I know there was a monstrous size Gibson uh, tent outside the second day we went back when it wasn't raining. And they were, that was a whole other thing with that, like maybe every guitar Gibson ever made and they had musical acts in there and they were... Uh, had guitars for you know famous people that maybe they were going to auction or just show, but then there was an area for washing machines, and there was a you know area for we saw we saw uh, the potential of autonomous helicopters for uh, police and, and other uh, law enforcement districts. We walked outside, and that thing just looked like a futuristic. Yeah, two guys had flying cars, if you can believe it. That's right, two I'd guys call had... them I'd call them autonomous flying helicopters, but uh, <laughs> right. they were. 
autonomous helicopters that look, you know, practically ready for market. I don't know. You got to be a daredevil to ride in one right now, but uh, yeah. And there was a guy there. There was a guy here there who kind of fit the stereotype. There was a few officers from home, uh, Homeland Security there, and one guy had on you know a shirt that was real tight, and he had tattoos on both arms, and he kind of looked like he'd been working out since he was a child. And he, he, he was a big buff guy, and I just would, you know, I said something like, "You want one of those?" He said, "Oh, I you know I have a friend, and he's 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 a pilot. No, I shouldn't even show him because he's going to want one right now because it, it he fit he'd be the kind of guy that would fly that or want to be in it and want to whatever he wanted to do, but he he fit the part." Sure, some programmer would uh, tell him where to fly. Though. <laughs> that's, no that's, controls in that thing. That's no controls in that thing. So, um, but there were lots of other areas too, and and uh, I think you know back on the the automotive area that there were probably ten or fifteen companies that were you know kind of pushing their uh, interest in personal lightweight electric vehicles, and we saw on the high end we saw a company. Uh, from Luxembourg, and they had uh, this contraption that had, what do you call, see-through wheels? What do you call those wheels that had, and the car was like, it was about ten or yeah. 12,000. They reinvented the wheel. Reinvented the but wheel, perfect answer. The, but the wheel has been, they've tried it, and it doesn't work. <laughs> so we looked at it, and we were talking to this woman who had all the answers, and she was really good at what she did, but then we said, oh, by the way, what it folded up, and it had a traveling case and she was talking really well and then we said oh by the way what does it cost and it was 10 grand and we yeah. kind of looked at each other and said 10 grand why would you spend 10 grand on this these are essentially like mopeds these are small you know electric bicycles to small moped type except there's no gas motor it's all electric and that was called the u-jet right right and then there was that there were uh less elaborate but but interesting looking a personal lightweight electric vehicles two had connections to ford uh, and you can, they fold it up pretty easily and you could, I suppose you could put it in the back of your car or put it in the back of your car and then put it in your boat or put it in your RV. And I was kind of interested in that. And then we talked about it, like what person would go on a vacation instead of packing their bicycle would pack one of these because maybe they don't really want to ride their bike and they don't really want to walk. Or I, I was not quite sure what the niche audience is going to be for these things. Yeah, I think it's just small little motorcycles, I guess. Yeah. Because, uh, if, if you know, it's hard to get people to, to buy a, a good quality bicycle. It's maybe two grand yes. and up. You know, how are they going to want to suddenly spend five grand and up? I don't know. I don't know either. I think one of them, that the lowest one we saw was maybe 3,500, and then we saw the 10 grand one, so that, and all in between. So I just seemed like there were an awful lot of companies in that particular niche market that could ever, you know, make a go of it. Um, but going, going back to the, you know, autonomous, and everybody's talking about autonomous this, autonomous that. Uh, we saw a company from Austin, Texas, and I think it was just called AEV. Yes. And they had a no door, a half door, and a full door vehicle, and those were ready to go. And we were talking to the guy, uh, and he was giving us the, you know, the pretty good sales pitch. He, he was professional and everything. And, I, and you and I both thought, this is the vehicle that may have a chance because it's not, it's not uh, this may happen 10 years from now or five years. They had them ready to go. Right. And, and, it, and it looked pretty impressive. And we suggested, we thought about maybe they would be, you know, when you see a football game and somebody gets injured, they reel a golf cart out or something that maybe that would be, something that uh, that they could use that for because zero emissions and 
those kinds of things. You don't have to worry about any of that. And then he expressed some other areas that he had talked about that I don't quite remember, that there was a, a group that came to him and said, hey, these would be perfect for... Campus, that's what Yeah, was. campus. That oh, was, yes. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he said that they, he explained that these were for, like, campuses. Right. Where the speeds would be, you know, under 35 miles an hour. So yeah. the universities will probably buy them up. Yeah, I thought we... They, 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 they looked fairly attractive for that kind of vehicle, and, and the idea of having the options of not having any doors or half doors or fully enclosed, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but it seems like a good idea. These would be like the little gas-powered Cushmans that smoke and stink and, <laughs> that's right. you know, get rid of that and have them electric. That, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And on the last day uh, we were there, we went to some of the other areas where a lot of those small booths, uh, the people who, you know, didn't buy this elaborate, uh, some of the booths were, I don't know, fairly fairly sizable booths. Bosch was big and there were others that were big, but we saw these little, I don't know, six by six or five by five little, I would call them trinket companies. I don't want to insult them too much, but we must, must have walked past 50 of those. And truthfully, I didn't know what 40 of them were. Sure. Some of them were, you know, innocuous things like uh, they they knew how to produce uh, antennas for cars, or they knew how to uh, craft some part that made uh, solid-state circuits for the uh, LiDAR, which is the light detection and range uh, sensors that would be used on, or most likely be used on autonomous cars. That's the direction they're going is LiDAR right now. Yes. We saw probably, we weren't working on any daily deadlines or anything, but we saw probably, I'm guessing maybe 100 uh, journalists, reporters, people actually reporting on deadlines, and I wondered what they were reporting on, number one, and, and I wondered if you and I could think about condensing. What do you think the people who are really technically into that industry, I wonder what they were focusing on. Do you think the experts in, in these technical guides and, and electronic guides, you think they were focus, focusing on autonomous vehicle, or was there some other major topic that you think was a highlight or a low light of the of CES. Oh, virtual reality, virtual reality is a huge one. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you put on the goggles and uh, whatever you see, you can look any direction. Uh, to me, that's, you know, right now it's for gaming, and I guess they said there's possible applications for training in some okay. future date. But right now, to me, it's just gaming. And then the artificial intelligence is huge. Huge, yes. And that would be also used on autonomous cars. and. There's so much data that I guess you almost can't input, input it yourself that you'd let the computer decide what what's important, what isn't, and it learns it on its own. Mm -hmm. uh, but that art, artificial intelligence is, is part of a, any of these big computer systems now. Yes. And you, you've recently purchased a drone, so there were some drone companies there that had all different, the little, the little guy, this guy carrying a big globe, and he was carrying around this globe thing, and the little one was in there, and so there were a lot of drone companies. I guess that's the the potential. Drones are a new yeah. a new workhorse. I right. don't know. It's hard to figure that a bunch of stuffs flying around, but uh, drones can lift uh, freight. They can you know deliver packages. They were talking about medical supplies. Yes. Uh, police, fire can use them as a uh, you know sort of an aerial man post. So there's there's a lot of cool applications for drones. Yes. They actually had a, a, a drone uh, demonstration at the Bellagio over the uh, fountains one night where they had 250 drones flying formation and with colored lights. 
Well, um, since we mentioned earlier that we, we drove to and from uh, CES, we, we drove, why I remember this, I don't know, but on, we didn't, I don't think it was the exact way back that we took, but we, I think it was 561 miles down there. And we primarily drove on Highway 99, and then we continued. We were, we were south of Las, southeast of Las Vegas, I think, when we stayed in the little town of Gene. And then we stayed two nights. Uh, Boulder City? Boulder City, which was 30 miles in the other direction. So we added on a few miles here and there. But I think basically we drove 12 or 1,300 miles with little side trips here and there in this 2018 Infiniti Q50. And there were just two of us, and we had luggage in the trunk, and we didn't have anybody in the back seat. So Hard to imagine a better car. Hard I mean, to, yeah. Luxurious, yes. fast, handled well, comfortable, quiet. All that. But it had a couple of things that we weren't... Well, let's take the positives. We, there were a lot of positives that we liked. The acceleration was really, was really nice. And we really liked also the adaptive cruise control, where you set it at a variety of different distances and, and the, the smooth transition if somebody doesn't quite give you enough room. The cars are doing this really well these days, and, and it, was it was done particularly well in, in, the, in the Q50. It helps you lull to sleep, doesn't it? But, but thank <laughs> yeah. goodness it had that uh, lane departure yeah, right, uh, right, right, as right. well, and we used that several times. Right. And uh, we saw a lot of cars weaving out there. It's amazing. You take a long you, trip like that. How many people couldn't keep it in the lane? That's right. We they did should, see a lot of Everybody should have, I guess, uh, lane departure if you're going down 99 for 500 miles. Yeah, it was nice to, you know, every once in a while have a car that, you know, it's not it's not a, a supercar or anything, but when you had to accelerate it and you just put your foot, it it it, it took off pretty fast for, for that kind of a car. Twin turbo three liter. That's right. Um, and there were a couple things that were a little mystifying uh, to us. Uh, I think uh, most notably would be the... Nav system? The nav system. Now, you, you're far more... Uh, educated and, and you know more about them than I do so what did it what were the some of the issues that we had that were just we couldn't say why is why is this sixty thousand dollar car doing it this way we didn't quite couldn't quite figure it out yeah we we thought it was like one of the first generation right, uh, right. nav systems it you know it wouldn't tell you where it told you it was going to be right or left coming up but it wouldn't say what the street name was. Right. That was irritating. So you wouldn't know till you were right on it, like a half mile ahead, it would say turn right on Smith Street or whatever. So that was a little annoying. Yes. And it just wasn't up to date with the roads. No, it wasn't. And uh, it didn't label many roads on there as you're, as you're driving. It just was just incomplete information. Right. It was incomplete information. And we... I think In fact, we, we missed several turns. We missed several turns. You did, and I did. So That's right. Neither both. of us had very good luck with that. No. We, in the little town of Gene, we did notice that there was a new, some new freeway interchanges right, right there, and that might have been part of it. But we thought that for a 2018 car, that the maps that had in the, in the nav system would have been more current than they were. I mean, they, they, yes, didn't, they and, didn't build the interchange and, and yesterday. And not only that, but when it would... It would catch him. It would make a mistake, or the roads were changed from the mapping system. It took forever and a day for it to reroute. That's right. It, it did. was latency, as as we learned from CES. It was slow to get back on the go again. And as a matter of fact, we we used our iPhones. Our, we used our cell phones. I should cell say. Cell phones work twice as good we're, as we're that. Twice as good and twice as fast. And so we yeah. we turned the nav system off at one point and used the phones so we wouldn't get two voices and get more confused than we were a few times. So 
Um, not such great uh, marks for the for the nav system. And then the uh, heat and air and radio controls. At first, we thought it was confusing because it's a it's a bunch of screens and and layers. We didn't care for that. But then, as we drove the car more, we learned that there were redundant hard buttons yes. at various places on the console. So you could ignore the uh, the screen if you wanted to and just hit hard keys, and that was a lot better. That was a lot better, and that, that was a little bit of a, a learning curve there. Also, in, another one was the heated seats functionality. Yes. That was, you know, you, you, there wasn't a series of, like a stoplight or, or lights. It went one, you know, low-level, medium was just one, and you had to push it three times to get to the highest setting, and then you had to push it another time to turn it off. And then later, like you said, we found that there was another way to do it, but it, unless you really studied it, you would never know. Just like the cruise control. That's right. One button did multiple things. Right. We were pushing it, but in fact, we had to push it or pull it. It was a push it. and a toggle. So and a toggle. toggle up, toggle down, and a push all in one button. And it was really hard to set that cruise control. It was. You had trouble with it. I had trouble with it. Yes. Not intuitive at all. Maybe if just one of us had driven to and from Las Vegas, we'd still be driving around. It took two heads. I think so, yeah. <laughs> you, needed a you need a coach when you drive that thing. <laughs> so, well, t to summarize, Consumer Electronics Show, it got a lot of television coverage. And some friends had mentioned that they saw certain things. And I said, well, I didn't see that. And then somebody else said, uh, did you see this? No, I didn't see that. Did you see, um, uh, you know, celebrities that were down there? No, I didn't see them because... You, it's too big. It's just you, too big. You, you couldn't see it all. You couldn't see it all. But um, if you're interested in going, I would say, yeah, go to it once, check it out. It, but it's keep in mind, I, I think I read there were just shy of 250,000 people there in, in three days uh, on the shuttle buses and trying to get around and everybody was looking at the charts of where to go how do you get to this room that room and there were people that you could ask me a question and maybe some of those people really didn't know either but it would it would it's good to see one time but for trade shows i think uh, better to see some smaller condensed shows with a with a niche sure. you're going to a car show you're going to this kind of show but they try to be all things at once all shows all hey, shows hey they did have a prius down there the 2018 prius yes um it's a good looking car but you know they're selling a car that's they're advertising a 150 mile range when everybody else has more right i i don't know what they're thinking yeah i guess maybe later later in the year or let next year they'll put bigger, bigger batteries in it yeah, you're right. They're they're. It, it starts with a forty kilowatt battery at uh, like twenty nine ninety nine or right around at thirty. Yes. So I guess it's less expensive. Yeah, we know the Bolt can get two thirty eight, right? Sure. We haven't seen very many on the road yet, but cost more though. Cost more though. That's true. So, well, thank you uh, for joining us on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Make sure to visit my website www.theweeklydriver.com. Of course, we welcome uh, comments to the show, and we uh, appreciate your support. And if you like what we do, please make sure to forward the podcast links. There's a whole variety of them, ways to download it or send it to friends. We, we appreciate that. We like to grow our audience. So, again, thank you very much for joining us in this episode of the Weekly Dr Driver Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today for your chance to win a 2018 Mustang RTR Spec 3.